0: Hello, and welcome to the World of Mouth podcast, where we share the stories of the world's best chefs and restaurateurs and their favorite destinations to travel and eat. My name is Kenneth Nars, and I'm the creative director of World of Mouth, a platform that connects over 600 restaurant experts who share their favorite restaurants, from the best place to grab a hot dog or pizza to the latest must-visit new fine dining restaurant opening. Today we're meeting Chef Bruno Verjus, the self-taught chef and restaurateur at Table in Paris. Vergeux entered the restaurant world at the age of 54, and 10 years later, he's one of the brightest stars on the global restaurant scene. As a chef, he's obsessed with the best produce and presents them to his customers only with a light touch of cooking. We'll hear Bruno Verju's story and how he became one of the top names in the world's toughest culinary scene of Paris. At the end of the podcast, he will reveal his favorite restaurant recommendations in Paris and the rest of the world. You'll also find these places in the World of Mouth app and in our podcast notes. Explain to yourself, who is Bruno Vergeuse? Who is <laughs> <laughs> Bruno Vergeuse? is very difficult because, you know,
1: it, uh, I have uh, my, my, my good friend Isabella Janine the, the French actress, said that I have more life than a cat. And I do believe that maybe uh, for me it's difficult to know who I am uh, because I, I have so so many try in my life to make it a little uh, longer or maybe just to uh, to accomplish what what I I am I'm deeply hum you know um, and and maybe you are what you what you learn uh, from school uh, what's the what the life teach you in a in a way too, and what what your DNA drive uh, in a way, and uh, and when it does, when I decided ten years ago to to get in the kitchen, I mean not to see if everything is okay or uh, after I sat as a guest in a restaurant, but to to run a kitchen, that was a way to accomplish the the three parts of me, and to make a sort of a synthesis of that. And, uh, and this is maybe, now I'm more close to what I am than ever.
0: Uh, to go back a few steps, uh, we are now sitting at the bar at Table, your restaurant, that you opened how many years ago?
1: I opened Table uh, 10 years ago. Okay. Uh, that was in uh, April uh, 2013.
0: Um, yeah, it's a long time. And uh, please uh, tell about the first steps. You were your background. Uh, you do not have a chef's training. At uh, one could say that you started cooking at quite a late stage in your life. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> to be polite, it's a feminist.
1: Yes, you're very <laughs> polite. And uh, yeah, I was uh, I was on the age that most of the chefs they always retired. You know, so I was 54. Um, and I keep in mind that I was like a, like a kid uh, in my decision, you know, very young, and, uh, and with a total denied of reality. And, and I, I say, okay, I'm going to open a restaurant. It's fucking cool. And it was, it, it, it was cool, but not so cool as I imagined, you know, because uh, that was an amazing amount of uh, work. Uh, because at this period of time, when I opened it, I was alone, uh, just with a guy for dish cleaning and sometimes a waiter or waitress. Um, I really had a hard time, you know, because I had to walk from 7 to to midnight. I say uh, with fun that by chance I didn't have so many customers at this period of time and that was very helpful. Uh, because <laughs> if I, I was fully booked, I, I just, I'd just blow up, you know. Because that was totally impossible and at the early beginning when I was running the restaurant I was close on, I was close on a Saturday and Sunday so from Monday to Friday and sometime Friday evening I was really tossed and I say okay I cannot go back to my home which is two kilometers away uh, by bike I'm gonna rest a little bit in the coach here the one you ha- you had lunch and uh, and I fall in the coach to say, okay I'm gonna have a a, a, you know, a, a quick a quick nap, and then I, I go back home, and I I wake up. It was seven in the morning, you know. So I say, oh my god, I spend the night on the code. So that was super difficult. But on the same time, that was a that was a real training because I I, I never give up my intention and my and my goals. That was doing uh, fine dining in a very simple way, um, even if I t- I was not doing really fine dining because. I was in a way because I was very uh, exclusive and very high level for the for the products, uh, but I was not able to do fine dining because I was dealing with very low prices because the neighborhood is a, uh, is the east part of Paris, so which is uh, let's say the uh, not the rich part of the city, and uh, and at the same time I was alone, so that was super difficult to to be uh, on the top of the top for every dishes, but. Uh, I tried to do my best and uh, step-by-step there was, uh, let's say, more people coming to my restaurant so I was uh, a little bit more inspiring for people and so I had some uh, nice people with skills, they they wanted to join me uh, and so we grew up this way uh, until today. But the big—I don't know if I go t- maybe too quick in the story—but uh, the big, big, big revolution was just after the second COVID crisis, because um, everybody from the restaurant quit the restaurant for doing something else. Uh, I just had two two people left: one of the guy of my kitchen, who is now my my, my, my sous chef, and one guy in the uh, for service, which is uh, Monsieur Aurelien, and. Uh, and uh, after I come back, um, I, I escaped three months in Greece during the second lockdown. Uh, so I had time to think a lot and uh, to rest and to, and to enjoy life and sun and sea and the wild cats. And, uh, and when I came back, I said, okay, I, I, I cannot stay in between. I used to have a menu for lunch, a menu for dinner, a la carte also for people they want a la carte. And I said, no, 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 no. it's not possible. So, um, at the same time, I noticed that we used to work too much, too much hours, to be very focused on on what we have to deliver. Uh, We were doing a little too much customers too, because between the two COVID crisis, so many people wanted to go to the restaurant that we do so much, because people get totally nuts about restaurants, and I I, I was still... I was starting to be famous at this period of time too. And so I say, okay, we're going to close one day more. So I closed um, Saturdays, Sunday, and Mondays. Um, I'm going to double my price. And we will we will really go to fine dining. I will hire a little more people. And so we will just do eight services, 24% per service and going to fine dining. That was a big risk. But on the same time, I feel like if we don't deliver the, what we promise, the promise. Uh, people will complain to say, fuck off, what is your restaurant? It's insane, it's a an price, and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and after all, we were totally fully booked, and people were super happy, let's say, even more happier than they were before. And, uh, and by chance, a few months later, I mean, four or five months later, I get rewarded with my second star. So that's, and and I entered the 50 best on the 77 position. So I was, okay, I make the good choice, you know. So we, we now have to grow up with that. And in a way, the second star that's freed me totally to say, okay, we do exactly what we want. We don't have to follow any fucking rules that people do believe or whatever. We are totally free. I change the way I cook the menu every day, maybe two times a day, according to what I get, the products I get, about my feeling, about whatever. And, uh, and we really cook for people, everything minute with a minute, lo- with a lot of dedication, with a lot of love, with a lot of care. Uh, and, uh, and that's it, and this is what we can, what we can show how the 21st century fine dining should be. You know, so I, I, in a way, in the kitchen too, I disrupt everything because most, most of the restaurants in the kitchen, they are still working, you, you know, with the very uh, uh, early 20th century uh, rules. And so in table, it's totally different because uh, I'm here to grow the skills of each of my um, collaborators, of each of the people I- in the kitchen uh, this is my job. At the same time, I'm here to make them share their skills that make every one of them more strong than they could be alone, because they can share skills with the others. And in the kitchen, they can move inside the kitchen and and doing the things uh, like scales, you know, not not in a vertical hierarchy, even not a horizontal ver- hierarchy, but they can replace each other on the time they need and on the same time they learn, on the same time they teach. So it's very, very uh, thin and very fine-tuning, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, for, for example, this guy there, just in front here, he was a, di- a dish cleaner and now, you know, he's a comic cuisine and he's super efficient and he's super good and he's super talented and this is the way I make the skills grow up for everybody and, I, I, and, and he could be in a position of a sous-chef in some time, you know, because he can be able to cook, he can be able to understand how to cook t- to have the noise of the of the roasting things, or to have he, to develop his sensibility to feel because cooking is just a question of, a, of sensibility and this is the way I teach to my people the way I teach for the for 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 the service is the same in a way that we really have to give attention to our guests because it's a chance for a restaurant to have guests. I know because I, I spent two years and a half without guests in my restaurant, so I know the how is a chance for that. And so we have to give as much as uh, as we uh, as we can, you know. And to come back to this to the story uh, that I forgot, this is Auguste Escoffier who codified the the way to to, to work in a kitchen like it was like uh, in a military things. We have munitions to prepare the coup de feu, which means like a war. And for me, it's exactly the, the opposite. I said, uh, my, I, I'm going to write a book about that, um, to try to, to share my, my knowledge about that. And uh, th- that would be in the in kitchen, y- make love, don't war. You know, don't make war, make love. And it's very important. And uh, for the mindset also, because if you make people in competition, if you make people in different positions, chef de ceci, chef de cela, you create conflicts, you create fights, and it's not the idea. And in a way, you 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 are the guy who make the the who, who can make possible violence in in kitchen or sexism, you know. But if you are not in this mindset at all, if you you manage at your people, it's just one team that they they can share. Grow up together, help each other sometimes the time. Some need help, some not. Bah blah, blah You make everything's possible for for everybody, and all of that is for the
0: guests. If we take a few steps back, the yep. big step for you, which was into starting a restaurant what what was what ignited that actual decision decision why what what uh, as you said it was a crazy decision but what ignited it
1: uh, I don't know you know I was uh, I was uh, having this uh, radio show on the National Cultural Radio France Culture on Parle pas la bouche pleine with my friend Alain Cruger and, uh, and one day I feel like I should nourish people because uh, you know. It, it, uh, I was a guy mostly on the on the doing side, more the talking side, and I feel like I should nourish people. Maybe too, uh, because we, we we were talking about that. Maybe I, I think also about my friend Michael from Edony, that uh, he go for himself from uh, having his blood, being a lawyer, and he and he moved to open a restaurant. And maybe in a way he opened the field for me. I don't know. Uh, in my, you know, in the way I think, to say, okay, I can make it too, you know, I can, I can, I can open a restaurant. This is something like that. But once again, there was a, a, there was really a, a, a massive part of a denying reality, on the day I decided to open a restaurant. <laughs> I do remember I spent maybe I don't know eight months, uh, visiting places everywhere. And, uh, and not being very happy to what I get and what I see and everything. And after some time, I was a bit sad and a bit tired about that. And the day there was somebody who said, I agree the proposal you have done for my restaurant, that was this one. And that was not my first choice, to tell you the truth. Because at this period of time, we were really far away from any... Uh, commerce place at all. That was a beautiful street, without anything inside. Nobody never come to Rue de Prague before, and uh, there was no restaurant around. There was no trendy shop, nothing. And uh, <laughs> I say, okay, I'm tired, so I sign and uh, and we start.
0: <laughs> any uh, at this point? Any regrets or any uh, thoughts?
1: I, I do believe it is like it is, you know, I would be maybe more happier if I, I find a, a nice place in the center of Paris or in the Champs Elysees or whatever. But I will not be able to pay the rent at the beginning. So the big chance of the place that was the rent was not so much uh, because that was so far away for everything. So that was a chance and it's still a chance today because the rent is totally nothing. And uh, I know th- how much some of my uh, friends are having restaurants pay for rent in Paris, which is totally insane, uh, which is the real price, by the way, you know, like the major capital in the world. But here in this location, in this area, we are safe for that. <laughs> so now it's super cool. And now I manage that everywhere from every country. Sometimes they just travel to, to have lunch or dinner to my restaurant. So. It's amazing to think that we can manage that many people around the world they join table in the, in the 12 in Paris, you know, it's funny.
0: I like it. You mentioned a few words about your, your uh, philosophy in cooking and, and uh, produce, uh, but if you would have to describe it yourself, the food that you are serving with a few sentences uh, and the dishes what what would you what would you say
1: i do believe first of all first of all you know i'm very focused to the to the the quality of the products um, most, uh, 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 most of my supplier or my artisan they are close friends people that i like very much because they dedicate their life, you know, growing uh, old species of chicken or going to get some fish in a in very uh, amazing situation and and in a in a very uh, let's say uh, ecological way uh, and respectful way. Uh, same for foraging. Same for um, from the for the vegetable. We are mainly in a wild culture uh, and uh and my job is to get that and then to to understand the story of each products and, and and to follow it you know and I, I to tell you the true uh, products products tell me a story and I try to to put it on a plate so my my job is to uh, it's like lack like of a, a brute diamond I we get brood diamond every days and my job is to understand how to to put the diamond in a way that they go, they're gonna they're gonna shine in an amazing way in your mouth in your palate but uh, this is the knowledge so we it don't have to be uh, too complicated too sophisticated just to have to to i have to be very sincere and honest with the product i mean i don't have to 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 transfigurate the products, to put it in a way that, uh, no, I have to be very respectful and giving in a very simple way, uh, but on the same time with uh, an amazing quantity of thinking before and uh, and knowing exactly the story uh, or the multiple story I want to tell about that and uh, how to insert in my multiple story for the degustation menu and uh, so this is my job, so it's, uh, as I told you, it's a... Giving you amazing products, um, apparently very simple cooking, um, and you know, giving you very good, uh, yeah, very good feeling to make you like uh, everything is super good. And on the same way, it's uh, it's évident, it's very simple. Yeah, good point. So yeah, and I do believe this is the way we want to treat people because when you take care of somebody, you 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 don't you don't want to. You don't, you don't want to be show-off, you just want to take care in a, in a very truly way, with your heart, with, with a lot of sincerity, and, and really to, to share something. And this is exactly what we are doing at TAB, you know. I'm not, I respect restaurants, they are like, like show business in Hollywood, you know, with a massive show, massive uh, uh, amazing spectacle in the plate, uh, with many things like that. But this is not my uh, this is not my way. My way is very low key.
0: In the next part of the podcast, we'll hear Bruno Verju's favorite restaurant recommendations in Paris and the rest of the world. So um, here on uh, Rue de Prague, um, there's quite a few restaurants uh, in the nearby arrondissement Yes. Uh, in Paris Uh, and as this is the world of mouth um, we would like to ask you of a few recommendations whenever you have time uh, going out, uh, eating, drinking um, anything uh, flavoursome or delicious Uh, any suggestions or uh, recommendations that you would have uh, uh, places you you love to go to? Yeah, Uh,
1: sometime in the morning when when I come to the restaurant I stop by Rue Rambuteau Uh, There is a boulangerie-pâtisserie, named Pain de Sucre, and they are doing amazing pain au chocolat croissant, so I bring to the staff and on the top of that they do amazing feuilleté aux pommes, apple feuilleté. and on the top of the top they do amazing uh, crème citron feuilletés that that I'm totally nuts about it, so... uh, so uh, I love this place because it's a uh, super, super good, super good for that. Um, there is a place I love to go, not too far away, uh, f- not too far away from Jacques Genin. You know the pastry chef and chocolatier, which is an amazing guy. He's a super close friend, and uh, its name it's the Marché des Enfants Rouges. It's named the Butcher of Paris, and the Butcher of Paris is an amazing guy. He's a real butcher, so you can buy meat and everything in his shop, and at the same time they cook. So, and, and they cook amazing meat that means that this is the only place in Paris or I mean in France that you, you can have the uh, veau uh, from uh, Corsica called, called veau tigre and, and, uh, and the the veau have also a mother so sometimes you can eat the mother too and, <laughs> and so you can have vache tigre and which is totally amazing meat because it's a very very old species of a uh, cow uh from Corsica they usually don't go out of Corsica but because this butcher have a very good relationship with Mr Abatucci there is one Abatucci who is amazing wine and the other one is growing this this cow and so we can have it in a, in Paris sometime and a, and a, it's a lovely place and uh-huh. they have a and that's uh, Enfants du Marché. It's, it's yeah. not Les Enfants du Marché. It's near Les Enfants. It's off Marché Rouge, just near Les Enfants near du Marché. Okay. And you have an amazing wine list too, so it's good. And sometime also Sunday uh, for Sunday noon, uh, I love to I love to go to uh, Le Petit Celestin uh, with Quai de Celestin is my friend Jaïs. Uh, uh, Jaïs Mimoun is a chef having an amazing French bistro named Jaïs. In the seven, which is one of the best uh, classic French bistro and the Sunday he cook in a little place near facing Île Saint Louis named Le Petit Celestin, and, uh, <coughs> and it's always uh, super nice and uh, with amazing people, super funny, uh, with a lot of music. It's like a party uh, in Saint Tropez in, in Paris with good food and amazing wine list too. So uh, I love them so much. So it's super nice.
0: Okay, uh, if we go to the any uh, super traditional places you would go to, or do you want go for the more creative, the more modern places? Regarding bistros or so, anything uh, super conservative or traditional?
1: It's difficult. There is a... Uh, oh, by the way, the, there is a restaurant I like very much because... Uh, I'm very close to the chef too, and we share a lot. Long time ago, on the time he's he going to happen, which is Maison Monsieur Sota. Uh, maybe you heard about Sota. Yeah, Sota sure. is an amazing, talented chef, amazing guy, and uh, we are very close friends. And I love his Maison. After he have so many difficulties, and now they are reopened for real. He's really uh, doing an amazing cuisine, and uh, and I'm sure he's going to be super, super successful. Uh, with stars and uh, and everything in the, in the future because he's uh, amazingly talented. Um uh, I like very much also a young guy, I don't I don't know his name to tell you the truth, but the restaurant named Le Goncourt and it's a part of a restaurant that I like very much which is the Le Café des Deux gares near Les Deux gares de, Gare de Gar Gare du Nord and, and Gare de l'Est. And uh, the chef here at the Café de la Gare is Jonathan Schweitzer. He's a young guy, super talented, very creative, super interesting. It's it's really not expensive restaurant. And he opened a second address with his shoe chef. And his shoe chef is a Spanish Spanish guy, half from Madrid, half from from Mallorca. And he bring, he cook with uh, just uh, one. Uh, uh, one plaque induction uh, on the bar uh, they wash the dishes on, on the sink of the bar so it's really rock and roll uh, amazing wine list natural wine list too with an amazing sommelier and he cooks things that they are very different in you know, a Spanish mayorking style that I like very much so it's uh, it's super interesting for people to discover this place and uh, and after that there is so many places I like but they are all well
0: known you know and uh, yeah. If we move away from, from Paris, uh, other parts of France or abroad, uh, you, I mean, with the different uh, events and awards uh, that you you attend uh, every now and then, uh, you visit uh, quite a few uh, of the well-known restaurants in the world. Um, any favorites out in the world that you visited recently?
1: Yeah, uh, I, f- I mean, for sure, one of my best dinner of the year was at Quintonil, Hill, Jorge Valero, um, Jorge is an amazing chef he's an amazing human being and uh, and he, he, and it's uh, super intelligent dishes very vegetal, very natural we we share the same philosophy of instant cooking and uh, and at the same time to be super sharp and super effective and um, and I, I I had a dinner here in uh, April and I really enjoy it uh, really enjoy it. And uh, another place that, uh, which is uh, maybe on the opposite on the planet, in Hong Kong, uh, I was to a young guy, uh, he's a Chinese, born in Canada, and he went back to China. Um, his name is Vicky Cheng. Uh, Wings, you know, uh, the yeah. restaurant. Yeah. And this is uh, Wings, I do believe is the, let's say, French restaurant, but on the top you have the Chinese restaurant. And, and this guy is, a, is an amazingly talented. And he do something that uh, I'm very sensitive because, like me, he has an amazing knowledge about the products. I mean, Chi- he, he, he have amazing knowledge about Chinese uh, products and mostly all these uh, dried, sun-dried products from the sea. And at the same time, he have an amazing knowledge about the history and the way that the, the people they used to cook it. And he bring that to a mm. modern story uh, and to a modern Chinese fine dining that doesn't exist yet. And I do believe this guy will be one of the guys who bring China to the next level for fine dining. And uh, and I do believe that China will be uh, number one in uh, fine dining uh, in the future because they have so many skills, so many knowledge, so many, so many products and s- like me, they are really totally dedicated to the to the vivant you know to the alive alive matter and uh, uh, to the energy that the all the products they have and they deal with the energy like I deal with I mean when you cook you should not retrieve the energy of the products so you have to think how you touch why and not to ch- touching just for touching that most of the of the chef do so so you have that you know so it can bring something to an amazing uh, to you, to an amazing condition that you feel it's en- it's a pure, alive energy and I like it, you know and this is what nourishes you in a good way That's mean that means uh, that for example in my restaurant that for me is super important and that should be maybe the first point for fine dining is that when you get out of the restaurant, you should be in a better condition than when you get in. And most of the fine dining restaurants, it's the opposite. When you get out, you just want to die. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and as far as I'm concerned, I don't know how do you feel, but most of the people, this is the best reward they can give to me to say, oh my God, I feel better than when I came in, you know. And most of the time when I go to, uh, to a three-star restaurant, I say, oh my God, I just feel I'm going to call an ambulance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that's a good good reference. Good <laughs> reference. Um, any other places? You mentioned Hong Kong. Uh, any other places Hong in Cor- Euro- Europe? Uh, other countries in Europe? Uh, what do I do? Not so many in Europe. Spain, UK, in in Nordics... In,
1: uh, in, Spain, in Spain, but everybody knows, you know. Uh, uh, I'm, in, I'm in love with Echevary as everybody, but I know them since so long time, you know. I send my staff this weekend to Echevarri, they get crazy. I love also Geyumar, uh in Playa de Vega, he's a super close friend. I love La Cigaleña, the wine bar amazing in, in, uh, in Santander, and uh, yeah.
0: What's special with uh, What's I mean, the It's all based on fish? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I,
1: agree I don't know. Uh, I, I know this guy since 10 years now, you know, uh, the first time nobody knows him. He, he, but he was very interesting in wine, so he had an amazing wine list for nothing. Now he's super expensive because he knows that he have the foodies worldwide. But uh, but he used to sell uh, Celos champagne uh, less expensive that I used to buy it from Celos. So I don't know how he did it, you know, there was a problem, but uh, yeah. And, uh, and he just cooked fish. Uh, uh, um, a la brasa. but you have an amazing knowledge about fish so you get amazing quality and, uh, and I don't know, he's lovely, he's a super nice guy he's a super nice guy uh, and sometimes, you know, La Classic Alenia Andres you have uh, may- maybe the, the most exclusive wine list in the world same, very low-key, don't show anything they cook very simple things but super good and, uh, and it's just, uh, you fall in love Because this is what you want, and this is that we try to do here. They give you a lot of love and attention, and for real, because they are happy to share with you, for real. And and this is what most of the time uh, (coughs) it miss in restaurants. That's true. Uh, Because I don't know why, but sometimes it's uh, uh, and here because it's a very small restaurant. I try to say hi to everybody have a good hand shake. So sometimes it's 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 a bit weird with Japanese of some Chinese because you don't touch, you know. Yeah, yeah. So they so they don't even understand when you put your hand like this, you know, and they say what the f- what is <laughs> what the fuck you know and I say, yes, we in, in France to say hi we shake hands. So say ah oh, okay and so they shake hands and they are happy to do uh, doing that. But most of the people they are very surprised because they say oh Oh my God, never, you know, uh, there is no restaurant that the chef shake my hand and eh? I say, okay, why not? <laughs> <You know? laughs> because I'm happy to have you in my, uh, in a way, it's my home, you know. yeah. yeah. This is the, the place I spend more time in my life, you know, so. Mm. I, I mean, uh, you know, I spend uh, 16 hours a day here. It's more than my home. <laughs>
0: That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any, uh, if we still, uh, someplace, Nordics, UK, Oh, you know, UK,
1: yeah, UK, UK. I, I, I've been two time to call uh, Santiago, and I, I love his mindset. Same, he's a super nice guy, super generous, super clever, really dedicated to what he do, and uh, and and uh, and the people in the restaurant they are same, and uh, and I like the restaurant setup and everything. Is uh, is a, a bit too much mescal oriented for me. Because I don't drink. And they always give you a lot of mezcal and I say, fuck, I cannot drink that. You know, even I smell, I feel like, oh my God, you know. But uh, no, it's a a super, super interesting restaurant. I like him very much and the food is super good. And we always have very good time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then in the Nordic, uh, this is long time. Uh, I need not go to, to Nordic cities, so I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not good for that. Uh, what to say? I miss Faviken, I miss Eden, <laughs> but, uh, but there is not so many people sharing this mindset, you know? There is so many, and it's difficult to, uh, yeah, it's,
0: it's difficult. Last question uh, would be, you said that you had sent your staff to, to, to Echevarri in yes. the Basque country. Um, if you would have a day off tomorrow and you could pack your bags uh, tonight and go anywhere in the world to have one meal tomorrow, uh, which uh, place could that be? Uh,
1: you know, I will go for love. So uh, I will fly to Athens because, as you know, I'm in love with Greece. And I will go to my friend, Fötis restaurants uh, in uh, Athens, na- named uh, Pharaon. Uh, they cook everything with a big, uh, I don't know how, the big. Cu- big the uh, big pot? but with wood inside, ah, yes, yes. inside you yeah. know, and uh, a and, uh, very simple ingredients too, mostly from Greece and Crete, amazing food. Simple way, nice wine list, and, uh, and these people, they are so, you know, they are so lovely. They really love you. And so, yeah, if I can fly now uh, with you, I will bring you to Faron just having a dinner and sharing a drink. And they play music, amazing Greek, old Greek music with platine, uh, with disc And uh, in a modern place, very modern place, uh, the guy doing the wine is Perry, he's a good friend from Kalamata. And uh, and they all all together. But you know, Fotis Valatos is a food critic. He's, a, he's the most lovely, uh, lovely guy you can met. You know, he's always uh, amazingly happy and everything. And uh, yeah, I will go there because I, I love these guys and I, I love the way they do food. And uh, and uh, yeah. And you know what you want more than food is love. And, uh, and this is the case with these people.
0: Okay, uh, Bruno Vergius, thank you so much for thank this. Thank you. I share
1: your hand too, huh? you know. Huh?
0: <laughs> 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 thank you. Thank and you so much. And thank you. Good luck with everything in your beautiful place, uh, La Table, here in Paris.
1: Thank you very much. See thank you soon. You. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wall of Mouth podcast with chef Bruno Vergis, the chef at restaurant Table in Paris. You'll find all of the recommendations mentioned in this episode and more on the World of Mouth app, available in your app store or visit our website at worldofmouth.app. You'll also find these places in our podcast notes. I'm Kenneth Nars, until next week when we meet Chef Maksu Askar in Istanbul.